Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Money Mitch Effect. My name is Mitch Michaels. Thank you for joining me on this sports podcast where we have a lot of football to talk about. We're at Christmas week. Hope everybody out there is having a good holiday. Uh, still three weeks left in the regular season. Joined now on the show by reoccurring guest Ryan Souls. Ryan, thanks for joining the program. You know, we have 14 games done in the regular season for all these teams, and yet I'm still looking at who I believe in, and I'm having a hard time kind of listing off a lot of teams. But thanks for joining the show. Still a wacky time, a lot of great football last week, and a lot of uncertainty in the NFL. Yeah, man, happy to be here. And, you know, as as much as I love December football and January football, it just means that the season is getting closer and closer to wrapping up too. But like you said, a lot of football to be played. And, yeah, man, I it's, it's interesting because even though – the records are at, the, at a certain point. They are what they are. You just feel differently about different teams. So I agree 100%. Last week had some of the more improbable, absurd, ridiculous uh, games, endings, all of that. It started on Saturday, which I, I miss college football, but it is something special about this time of year having the Thursday or having the Saturday rather games. We had three of them, two of which, the one that didn't include my team, were, were just absurdly you know, entertaining games. I guess it started with the Minnesota Vikings with the biggest comeback in NFL history, down 33 points at halftime, beating the Colts. That that was insane, and that that hit all the high notes, right? The Vikings, who were questioning how legit they are, the Colts blowing a huge lead when they were just, you know, not managing the game properly. Cousins gets hot at the end. It was, you know, I mean, I guess a 33-point comeback in regulation is, is an insane thing to happen. So at least for this moment, I'll give the Vikings their due. There's some flaws there, but... It was insane to see that comeback. Yeah, you know, and th- this is a game. It's funny because narratives usually can change from game to game, but here the narrative almost changed during the game because you know, and maybe we've been we have been saying this about Minnesota for a while, but I've never seen a team with ten wins going into that game down. And you're saying, okay, if they lose this game, it almost feels like it's their season. Because they just they couldn't they can't sustain what they were putting out at the beginning of the year. I don't know if teams have just figured out how to play them. I don't know if that defense just being as bad as it's been all year. That's what it is, Ryan. Because in the past, like I get it. There's the criticism, and you know, I, I think I think Cousins is obviously a good but not great quarterback. I don't think that's a slight. I think he does better than most quarterbacks in this league, but is in that top echelon. But it's the defense this year that's why it feels different because their defense is not a good defense. Offensively, no. I don't think you can find much. I mean, this game, you know, and, and even in the first half of this game where it was block punt, it was all this chaos, you know. I feel like offensively they've been holding up their end of the bargain. You know, Kevin O'Connell is a, great, is a great offensive mind, but defensively is where they have issues, and that's why every game you feel like there's no, there's no way this team gets easy wins. You know, that, that's where I'm at. Exactly. A hundred percent. They don't get easy wins and the defense has a lot of names, but for whatever reason, I don't know if it's Zimmer being gone and obviously they had their ceiling with him there, but it just seems like the defense was a lot more sound. And I, I just, I don't know, but man, to the Colts, just, this just speaks to, and every league at a certain point is a player's league, but this just speaks to why, coaching is so important specifically in the nfl Mm -hmm. and why anybody can't just get up and do it because 
well, we're sitting on our couch thinking, I'm sure you and I are thinking the same thing. Why aren't you taking the clock down to two seconds every time and running <laughs> yeah. football when you can? And we're it's just so, gonna it's, we're gonna run the clock out. It's so funny because this is where like the boring coaches that are punching bags by fans a lot, they would shine here. You know, exactly. say, what you, say what you want about some of the coaches that we've all had fun, but guys like Dan Quinn, you know, I just use him as an example, obviously, but you know, Hugh Jackson, anyone, my Browns coach, especially they would know yeah. how to handle this. You know, they might not get this lead to begin with, but yeah, it was, that, that was, I don't want to rain on the Vikings parade. They still have a lot to play for. Obviously it looks like your Eagles have the one seed, but they got the Niners hot on their heels you know, some mm-hmm. big games coming up. So even though they won the division, I think they still have a lot to play for. And a lot of that is credibility. That was, I don't want to spend too much time on it because that was the game one. Um, you mentioned the Browns beating the Ravens, which we can just kind of pass on quickly there. Um, although I, I do want to mention Baltimore, this is not looking good. And it's not just the Lamar problem. I mean, they're, they're a beat up football team with how well the Bengals are playing and the Ravens trending downward. You get the sense that they're just playing. How can we hold on to get to the playoffs? Yeah, and it seems like we've told that story the last three years with this team. And I don't know if it's just late in the year wearing terror on the quarterback where, you know, he finds himself out of the out of the game, out of the mix this time of year. But there's a lot of factors that are intersecting here, namely um, one with two hundred million dollars plus on it mm. uh, with Mar Jackson and then. Obviously, at this point in the season and having nine wins at this point in the year is having nine wins. You don't want to ever look too far ahead. But it just seems like Lamar Jackson and Greg Roman have run their course in this offense. And something has to change because the past game, Lamar has shown that he can throw the ball in the middle of the field. He might not be the best outside the numbers, Mm -hmm. but he's shown he can throw the ball in the middle of the field. He's shown that he can throw the go ball. You should be able to develop an offense around what he can do, still keep him as dangerous as he is with the football in his hands outside of the pocket. But this is just this ain't working with Greg Roman. And I think Lamar has to turn into Superman Mm -hmm. if he does come back for them to have a chance at all. They don't have a pass game, and that's not really an indictment in, in Lamar. I mean, even when Huntley was playing, it's like, who are their guys, you know? They don't have – and Andrews has been banged up. That was the one guy that was kind of the safety valve. Uh, even the running game's banged up. I mean, it, it's – I think it's a personnel issue more than anything. And you look at the you look at the, the Bengals, and I know Burrow is playing at a high level, but you have dudes on that offense that can make plays and I don't don't see it with the Ravens outside of Lamar yeah. being superhuman and that's not really a sustainable like in a bottle in one game maybe but I don't think that in this league works and and not to toot the horn of my team the Eagles but that offense has shown you that number one receivers can be successful so that can't be used as an yeah. excuse no, exactly. Devontae Smith or Ball. Exactly. I'll say that Lamar Jackson couldn't benefit from a legitimate number one and that a legitimate number one couldn't benefit from being with him because that's not true. Hey, while we're on that topic, did you – I know it's like we're getting into the heat of the rivalry there, but in the whole controversy of M- Mika Parsons and the and the Jalen Hurts comments, when I listened to the whole the whole clip and not the, the soundbite that went viral – I didn't necessarily think it was that hot of a take that he's just saying that the roster, like, you know, the roster is so good. I think Hertz is, was, is playing at an MVP level, but 
AJ Brown and Devontae Smith together, like you'd probably have to say Waddle Hill, that's it, would be the only receiver duo that's in their league. Yeah, and I would I would agree with that part of it. I think Devontae Smith is probably the best number two in the league, I think. And but I what I would say, and I didn't listen to much of the clip of what Micah said, you know, I obviously heard the sound bites, but my thing is one, everyone's taking it as a slight. One, it's a low-key, I think, credit, to be honest, to Jalen. And he's not even realizing it because, number one, that offense, you put Gardner Minshew back there, and we're going to see this week because I don't think Jalen's going to play. It's just not not as explosive because it is a numbers thing. But secondly, everybody is a system guy. Yeah. quarterback as a system quarterback like there are very few quarterbacks who have transcended transcended the system that they've played in every receiver almost every great almost anything had to work within a system mm-hmm. and yeah. that's that's not a slight but i think obviously because they're two huge rivals and they're getting ready to play each other you know we're looking at everything but I don't think that's a yeah. slight necessarily. Yeah, and and the Minshew Hurts thing, it's a good point. I think the running is the difference with with Hurts and 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 just to kind of, you know, get on what's going forward, the Eagles with their win, what plus the Cowboys loss, there's no reason to play Hurts. At least not this game, maybe, you know, not for until he's fully healthy. So yeah. I, I think that I think that's part of why. I mean, I don't know, obviously, exactly the extent of his injury. He was playing after he got hit and looked pretty good. So I don't, obviously, if it was something very bad, that wouldn't have been the case. But, no, they're they're in a good position. But you do, you run the risk of, and we've talked about this, you want to have good momentum, good habits going into the playoffs. So I get why you would want to put him out there in that regard, that even if you have the one seed, you don't want to get rusty. You don't want to have a half of your first playoff game in the divisional round where you're out of sync because that could be it in a lot of cases. And that was going to be exactly my point. Like, you don't want his first time touching the football to be a month from when he got hurt. No, no. And that's why look at all these preseason. Who plays in the preseason every year? The Buffalo Bills. They mm-hmm. come out sharp week one normally. I mean, that's there's a reason why you do that. Um, speaking of the Bills, that Bills-Dolphins game was great. And... It's weird to say first from the Miami side, Ryan. I know they've lost three straight, but I came away not unimpressed with the Dolphins. Like they went into a cold weather environment and gave the Bills their best punch and made the greats, made one of the greats, Josh Allen, beat them with his best. So from at least from that side, we'll see when they play Green Bay this week. But I know they've lost three straight, but I came away from this thinking, okay, the Dolphins are are at least somewhat legit. Yeah, and I think, you know, it was obvious the Bills were going to try to take Tyreek Hill out of the game, and 9 for 69 and a a touchdown is still a good stat line, but, you you know, it's obvious what they were trying to do. And, you know, Tua showed that, you know, he can fling the ball in this type of weather. You know, we'll have to see just as the season goes on if they can run the football because that's really the key here, and they ran the football – a lot and successfully against the bills, but they could have ran it even more and they just didn't. And that part I don't understand because in like third, third and short specifically, they were throwing a lot more than they needed to. And I'm just curious to see going, cause they, they may not make the playoffs. So we, we got to see how they 
get their offense together going out because it looks good with the numbers, but obviously there are some teams that have gotten over that hump that Miami's trying to get over right now. And I don't know if they're ready for that part yet. That remains to be seen. Yeah, there's uh there's definitely I want, I want to start with it's year one, you know, and that's something to kind of take into consideration. Teams go on runs, they go up and they go down. So this is the, you know, the down streak. Obviously, the schedule got harder. The Niner game, they got obliterated, but we're seeing what the Niners are doing. And mm-hmm. Tua played poor in that Chargers game, but they actually did fight to the end defensively at least. So you can take yeah. some of these positives away. Um, and the fact that Hill and Waddle both did have pretty good games knowing the Bills were going to you know, give them their best punch. I, I think that for this team, you do get the sense that you know, whether it's Tua, whether, it, you know, you need that running game. And with Wilson and Mostert, I just don't know if that's going to be the duo that's going to get you over that next hump. Wilson obviously didn't play, but I think they got to really, you know, address the run game in particular. Mostert had some nice runs, but, you know, they were in a one-score game late, and it took, you know, Josh Allen making play after play. It is pretty insane, Ryan, how when the going gets tough, he just becomes a battering ram and just, I'm going to will us down the field. And that, that's what happened. That's when he starts running the ball. You know, and similar to the Jalen Hurts thing, I think these guys that are selective runners, I guess Russell Wilson kind of used to be like that, but they know when the moment's big, when they have to get it for their team. Not every down, obviously, but they're able to do it. Definitely. You know, regardless if it's selective or not, those hits add up. And, you know, I hope that we continue to see these quarterbacks do this, you know, be able to do this for a while. But real quick to your point, and not to um, escape Josh Allen, but just going back to, Miami, you know, they won the third quarter 13 to nothing. Mm. They led for a good deal mm. of this game yeah. and they could not run the football to solidify the game. That's a that's that, a good point. That's concerning. But going back to Josh Allen, I think that, you know, one, this just shows that being surrounded with an organization that is trying to make you the most successful is what every quarterback needs. But two, the battering ram aspect, if the AFC road is going to go through Buffalo, is going to be huge because Kansas City's defense has not looked good at all. And I think and I'm I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes in the postseason, Mm -hmm. you know, and all on him. But to be honest, I don't know if the Bills can beat the Bengals with how they're looking right now. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because they were and they were one of the teams that really did stand out in the in the Bucks game. Now, here's my devil's advocate: Are the Bucks just terrible? Because <laughs> that that's yes. where I'm. Because that's where Bengals started out sluggish in this game. Bucks had the scripted plays going early; everything was right, and then obviously. The Bucs had one of the worst third quarters in the history of the NFL. Right. The Bengals are rolling, though, and I think part of that speaks to getting Jamar Chase back healthy, obviously, an underrated defense that has you know, a good secondary and a really good pass rush when they're all healthy. There's still going to be questions with that offensive line. So where this game is, I mean, the Bengals and Bucks, the Bengals and Bills, correct me if I'm wrong, man, they play each other right down the stretch here. I believe so not this week i think the week after yeah new, after monday so, january 2nd so yeah. with the chiefs with the bills i love the fact that all these teams are still playing for seeds the one seed's still open the Bengals 
have a Ravens game, so they're not in the. I mean, we we think they're in the clear, but like they lost the Ravens once already. So there's a lot of big football games right up here. I think all these teams, and that's what makes it. You know, your Eagles, the Bills, the the Bengals, the Chiefs. They're not perfect teams. No, and a lot of them haven't really proven anything. You know, so other than I guess the Chiefs were the ones that have won with this current regime a Super Bowl. So Mm -hmm. I I just think the last point on the Bills is teams need a running game with running backs, except for maybe the Bills, because Josh Allen just turns into a running back when they need him to. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and to be honest, we just hope that there's no Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson sort of hiccup and he can continue to do that. Because, yeah, as long as that's a part of the option or an option in their offense, they are supremely dangerous. More with Ryan Souls here on the Money Mitch Effect, uh, talking NFL football. We look into the Sunday game. So you would would you say right now that you like the Bengals the most of any team in the AFC, or you going with Bills or Chiefs? You know, I think I'm still going with the Chiefs okay. just because I Patrick Mahomes has proven he he's the best player in football, and there's no other offense this year that loss would we would probably agree is the most dangerous weapon on offense mm-hmm. and the offense got better in every category do you have any concern with i guess for lack of a better term how they just kind of play with their food a little bit losing uh, or not lo- sometimes losing but just not getting up for the games that don't i don't want to say matter but also are against inferior opponents because they so, took ot to beat the texans who did look right. good against the Cowboys the week before. They've lost to the Colts. They've kind of been stuck in neutral. The Broncos game was one they didn't put away. Does that concern you at all? So yes and no. Um, I think, one, once we get to the postseason, we've seen Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs specifically just put up ridiculous comebacks. Uh, so we, even when they get behind, it's, all, it's, it's hard to count them out. But I do think when they get to the postseason – Having been, you know, kicked out of the playoff race last year, having that taste also of losing to Brady for a Super Bowl, I think this team, once they get to the postseason, is just going to be extra dialed in. It's just going to be a matter of, you know, playoff football is different. And when you don't have an X factor on your offense, it requires your quarterback to play an A-plus game mm-hmm. every game because Spags and that defense look terrible. Yeah, they do. Um, it's funny. If Chris Jones isn't wreaking havoc, it's like, what do they do? What, what do can, they do? Yeah, I know. So that's a lot of pressure. He might be the one guy that means the most to a team on defense. Well, no, no. You know, this is proven Chris Jones, and this is also proven Honey Badger. Like, how you let him walk out the door? Well, because yeah. he got everybody set on defense. He, he would change. He knew all the formations. He got everybody where they needed to be. And you can tell that they miss him. He slipped a little, though. I, I I get that value, but the level wasn't quite what it was. And I don't know the, the contract negotiation, but yeah. Man. Um, so I, I think it's funny. I think it's fair to critique what the Chiefs are doing. They're still winning these games, and they still raise their level against the good teams. The Bengals are definitely in that class, but we're going to look at the offensive line. I think that's the that's easy to point out what we would be worried about for them, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, until they really get it addressed, that's going to be the story every year. I mean, didn't Joe Burrow get sacked nine times last year in a playoff game? Yeah, it was the Titans game. I mean, if it was anybody else, they lose that game. That's the funny thing. Exactly. So I think that's always going to be a concern. You just hope, you know, none of the hits is a, a Carson Palmer type of hit, you know, for lack of referring to the same team. Yeah. 
You know, so I just think that that's going to be the biggest problem. We really haven't seen a team figure out how to take Chase out of the game, I think particularly because they're really good at the other skill positions too. So there's a so, lot of there's a lot of teams still like in the hunt, still alive, but the playoff picture is starting to take take shape. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to win the AFC South. Um, Jacksonville with that win over Dallas, showing some signs. I don't think they're quite there, but Tennessee's in a free fall. So who can say there? But are we? Are, are you starting to be maybe a little more optimistic about the Chargers? That's my question here. And so, I know. I know their history. I know what's going on. I know how they've blown games. But here's where I would say yes in the sense that I think Herbert was injured early. I think mm-hmm. he's healthy now. And I think the defense is going to get some guys back. So while I'm not going to pick them to go on a run, I think they're, of all those teams, I think eight and six, seven and seven, they probably have the most upside right now. You know what? And I think that's really because of the quarterback. They suffered a lot of injuries. Getting Mike Williams back was huge. Yeah, just because of of how he can take the top off the defense, and that's no disrespect to Keelan Allen because Keelan Allen is just a move the chains guy. Like you need a first down, throw it to him. Mm-hmm. But I just, you know, I, I've never really trusted Brandon Staley and mm-hmm. key game management positions. But the way that Herbert is playing, I it, they're hard to count out. I think they are really dangerous. I don't know how far they can go just because they are the chargers but i love that quarterback man yeah well their schedule's easy that's the first step in this right the last three games they go colts rams broncos <laughs> so yeah so that should be 11 and 6 i don't want to you know it's the nfl anything could happen but anything can happen but it should be that should be 11 and 6 so if the ravens take that step down and the Chargers can clear the uh, five seed. That would be a rematch with Tennessee or Jacksonville. So that, you know, well, I'm saying that they could win one playoff game is very, very much in the possibility. And then you're, you know, in the divisional round. So I think you're right. You know, it's, I, I get it. It's, we're in this uncharted territory with teams that haven't really proven themselves, but they've got, they've given themselves a chance. The Dolphins are on that losing streak too. So they have tougher games. We do, this is about the time where we got to talk about that Patriots Raiders game though. Because the, we've Man. never seen anything like that. And I just want to point out beforehand, Ryan, that that loss cost the Patriots probably the playoffs, too. Absolutely. When you think about it, they would have been 8-6. and six. Schedule is a little more favorable. They've beaten the Jets twice. Mm-hmm. But instead, 7-7 seven and seven and looking on the outside on a, an improbably dumb decision by Jacoby Myers to throw a lateral in the tie game. My first thing is, what do you think would happen that Mac Jones was going to break like four tackles and run down the sidelines? Bro, let me, okay, let me take the long way on this real mm-hmm. quick. Just bear with me because you'll yeah. understand this yeah. comparison. Watching college football this year, there's two, you know, kind of legendary coaches that we kind of mirror each other in their respective leagues Bill Belichick and Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. And we've seen, I think, both teams this year play uncharacteristic to the credos and philosophies of their head coaches. And I think that's even more so on the Patriots because even before this game, their issues with turnovers and not being able to move the football in the passing game and then going to Sunday, which, you know what? Yeah, I don't know what Jacoby Myers was thinking, but it should have never even got to that point. Why this is the greatest coach in the history 
of football. Take a knee, go to overtime. Yeah. And I just, I don't understand where any of the disconnects happen because if you're Stevenson, okay, yeah, you get 20 yards on that run and you see a bunch of guys going to you just get down. But to me, that's on the coach because for somebody who puts such an emphasis on situations and practicing all the got to have it stuff, mm-hmm. don't expect that from this team. So I, I, I understand what you're saying. I also understand there might be some credence to maybe Stevenson just broke Myers's brain when he threw the first lateral. Yeah, and maybe that maybe. just he, he kind of lost track of it. Here's, was he trying to think that that a run that he could win the game on a run? Unlikely, but no, you not know, at all. I I just I think he's going to look at this game and you know film session. Obviously, was probably pretty brutal this week, but probably point to like ten other. I heard Brady say this like ten other plays where. We could have done better. You know, that's kind of where he is. It is, if this happens to any other team with any other coach, we're not as maybe shocked. Like, we're shocked by how dumb it was. But yeah. the fact that it was a Belichick team that this happened to. I'm I'm actually more disappointed in Belichick. I mean, he always had that phrase, right? You're either coaching it or you're allowing it. So, yeah. so I think I'm more upset, though, with the, in the Belichick side of things that he's allowed his offense to be run by Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Yeah, because I'm no I'm not the biggest Mac Jones fan, but I dare you to find anybody with the exception of the greatest quarterbacks in the world that would be doing well in that in that organization, in that atmosphere. Right. And he was better under McDaniels, a lot better. That was the funniest part about all this was that Belichick was pissed, wanting to get off the field and he had to wait for the McDaniels Mac Jones hug. Exactly. So I just yeah, it's it's weird. And I understand at the beginning of the season what Bill was trying to do. He's and and look at it. Think about this, Mitch, from the last mm-hmm. probably five or six years. They have slowly had pillars of the organizations in terms of position coaches be filtered out, like Skarnecchia, mm-hmm. the offensive line coach. Yeah. Other coaches that have coached different positions. And Bill has always wanted his guys to learn both sides of the ball and have experience coaching both sides of the ball. I think the fact that, and I'm not making excuses, but I think the fact that we are in 2022 and a 24 hour sports coverage period, yeah, this has happened before in plenty of situations where you have coaches feeling like I'm going to, you're a defensive guy, but I'm going to put you on the offensive side of the football so you can learn. We just watch all this in real time. No, I know, but like calling the plays, that's where I'm like, he hasn't really done that before, you know? I agree, 100%. Yeah. 100%. And there's no evidence that Mac Jones has developed under this, and there's no evidence that this should continue. But I think from a philosophical standpoint, I think he is trying to build a staff again. Because, and well, I think he doesn't yeah. care mm-hmm. about the rookie quarterback. I really, or the the young quarterback. I don't. And and the treatment that Mac Jones has gotten at the hands of Bill, I think, has been pretty crappy. And yeah. I think, I think Bill is just looking at it like cogs in a machine. Yeah. But I think Bill was made way more interested in building infrastructure in his staff by yeah. getting his guys' experience than Mac Jones. Well, um, 
I'm still surprised that that touchdown stood before that, that the Raiders scored too. So that was the other part of this. But, hey, man, yeah. they're 6-8, and eight and they blew some games early, but they're still in that probably not going to happen but still alive. So maybe the Raiders are kind of, you know, setting themselves up for next year possibly, but this was just bad for the Patriots. Um, well, and if there, if there yeah. was any question that the Raiders quit on McDaniels, that's not the case. No, no. I mean, they, they say – I, I think this could be a landing spot for maybe a 46-year-old quarterback next year. I mean, I don't know who's going to be the quarterback, but it ain't going to be Carr. If Brady likes to work with McDaniels and, and still has an okay relationship, this would not be a bad landing spot. Honestly. No. You've got wouldn't. Crosby and Chandler Jones on defense. Devontae's, if he's not the best, he's still top two or three at yeah. receiver. I, I the top three tight end when healthy. Yeah, it's it's in the list. Um, all right, I want to talk. I want to talk NFC before we wrap this up and look ahead. Uh, a couple of things we mentioned. You mentioned the Eagles and the Cowboys coming up with the big one there. Um, Niners continue to work. I don't even think they're working anymore. They haven't given up more than seventeen points in over a month. I think five weeks or so. Mm-hmm. They're coming, man, and they're going to get that two or three seed and be primed for that playoff run. Uh, whether they have to do it at home or on the road. Um, and Brock Purdy, as we were texting about, doesn't have to do too much. He's playing his position. He's playing his role very well uh, with a lot of toys on the offense and hasn't even gotten Debo Samuel back. But it's a scary unit in San Francisco. Man, uh, on both sides and the coaching staff, I, Shanahan probably seems like he's the most quarterback-friendly guy in the league with you just looking at the names of the guys who's played for him and having Christian McCaffrey mm. being able to put him in the backfield, flex him out, all the options they can do. They have just a juggernaut on offense. And I haven't even talked about Nick Bosa. No, God, <laughs> <You know>? it, <laughs> just a killer out there. And, and you know, I think defensive player of the year, D'Amico Ryan said it best, but it's not him. I don't know who it is. Armstead's a stud. Warner's a stud. I mean, they are they are so deep on defense. It's scary. They are. And that's what works in the playoffs, man. It does. 100%. You're gonna, and, and full yeah. disclosure, being an Eagles fan, that's the team I want to see the least because their entire front seven had the athletes to match the six-back offense. Yeah. And hurts and those running backs and receivers they have the athletes to match it well the good thing is they're on the other side of the bracket you know they could catch minnesota yeah. at the two looking at like the three either way that's on the other side and uh, would not be able to see you guys before the conference final which would be a heck of a game i'm Man. saying that i'm biasedly there but uh so the niners looking good um uh, you know the giants got that win over the commanders which is good for the wild card race um you know two teams that are overachieving this year the end of the game officiating was pretty rough. And and I do want to say that for Terry McLaren's you know, point, the said he was on, said he got confirmation. Talking to some football people talk and, and listening to some people, there is a level of making sure and really making sure, and that's the only thing. And I love Terry McC Terry McLaurin a lot. Scary Terry, big fan. But I think that was the only thing I will just add to this is that maybe you have to kind of know, you really have to know. You can't have this like communication nod where it's a misunderstanding. It's a tough way to lose the game, Ryan, but you know, the, the commanders had their chances in this one. Yeah, the commanders definitely had their chances in this one. But, you know, going to the to the officiating thing and the calls, you know, there's been 
just a lot of murkiness and in terms of how things like this should be dealt with and Mm -hmm. us having the technology it's what extent do you go to make sure you know the human error is kept to a minimum but for something like this it seems like you should be able to have cameras that can confirm that in real time yeah that's a good point and this is a a nine billion dollar entity there all these fields should have cameras to take this sort of thing out of the officiating hands there's no reason why we can't do that yeah i tough break in a playoff chase obviously but yeah pass interference on the last play that does tend to happen there's missed calls in every game but giants mm-hmm. get giants get that one uh who, who do you think quickly wins the nfc south because <laughs> i don't want to spend too much time on this man I just I don't know. This is it's it's hard to pick. I I want to say the Bucks are still just going to back into it just because of the names that they have, but I don't have any confidence in any of these teams. I think the Bucks are just not good at all. All these teams have major flaws. Um, you know, with Atlanta, it seemed like Arthur Smith, you know, had them playing in a way uh, that works in the regular season, but I don't. Even if they were able to make a run and get in, I don't trust what they do in the playoffs at yeah. all. I just, oh, th- this is just not a good division. So yeah. I don't know. I think the Bucks, but okay. Well, I would say Bucks as well, begrudgingly. They go Cardinals, Falcons, Panthers down the stretch. If you can't beat those teams, I mean. I, I think they should lose the home field, though. That'd be my hot take in this. I don't think if you finish above 500, you should host. I know it's Dallas, but I think that should change. Um, but I get that you get a spot. The wild card situation in the NFC, and then we can kind of circle back to the AFC, but the way it's looking, Dallas you know, is already in the playoffs, and they're going to get the five seed and play that NFC South champ. Detroit Lions, could they be the ones that crash the party here? Because... If we're going to say Giants or Commanders, they kind of sort themselves out. Are we looking at the Lions? I mean, if we're not looking at the Lions, Seahawks, and maybe the Packers aren't dead, there's still a lot to uh, to digest on the stretch. Man, there's a ton, and I really like the way this Lions team is playing. You know, they're just... They're fun, they're, and they have dudes on offense. Like, their receivers, <laughs> with Jamison Williams back, I mean, it's it's looking pretty yeah. nice. And and they're just they're a tough team too, and I just you know the, it's just a throwback. I like seeing that a lot. Mm-hmm. I I think just the way that they've been playing, that they really they have a really good chance. Uh, Seattle's definitely taking a step back the latter half of the season. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe in the whole point two percent scenario that the Packers have. Well, it's I up just, to like twelve now. Is so it okay? He, so okay. here's the thing. This is what gets very interesting, right? Is that the Packers play the Dolphins this week. That's it. Like, that's the game. You know, they're going to Miami on Christmas Day. If they win that one, though, then you get the chance of what are the Vikings really playing for on uh, New Year's Day? I guess the two or the three seed would be the be the option there. Week 18, or weeks, yeah, week 18, Ryan, Lions, Packers. Could be, and I never thought I'd see the day where Lions, Packers could be like a playoff game. <laughs> Seriously. That could be a win-win. Well, because the thing is, like, the teams in front of them, like, we don't really know what's, you know, the Giants and the and the Commanders are still, you know, there. The Giants got to 8-5-1, and one, which is big, but mm-hmm. that's the, uh, I, I think the Seahawks take that step back, and they're not really looking like a playoff team right now, but 
the Packers have the door open, and I don't know what they, they do. do with it, but they have to win out, and I think it's possible that they do. But, you know, I guess unless you see another team there, we got to find two in. I'd love to see the Lions in the playoffs. I think they're playing like a top-five team in the NFC. Yeah, I'd love to see them in, too. I just think it would be a good story. It would be – and and I wouldn't want to see that offense, to be honest. Yeah. Lions, Vikings, week one, or playoff round one. I mean, and they've yeah, beaten them. That so. would be interesting. Well, the Commanders, I just want to close with, you know, they've they've got, you know, my Browns coming up, but their last three games are Niners, Browns, Cowboys. So that schedule's a little tougher there. But if the Giants get in with Dave Bowles done, it's great. Let's look at this week's games, though, before we wrap this up here on the Money Mitch Effect. Um, starting with Thursday, Jags-Jets actually has some uh, implications. Who would have thought, right? This was better than Packers-Rams. And I think that's going to be a fun game. Just, you know, Trevor Lawrence has seemed to have figured it out thus far. And, you know, the Jets are reeling, but that defense is really good. You know, Quentin Williams not being mm-hmm. not being available is yeah, huge. huge. And uh, he's probably the best player on the team, to be honest. And so that's going to be really interesting. But I think uh, I think the like your guys actually, the Saints defense just is always stout. And the over under in this game is thirty two and a half. Now I want to make jokes about how it's <laughs> comically bad for the offense, but there's going to be a very big cold front happening in that game too. Yeah, so let's just add the weather component to it. But the Browns won with 13 points last week. Offense not looking good. Saints offense is going to be maybe running some option plays with with Taysom Hill. Yeah. Um, So I like Um, the Browns in that one. I do unbiasedly there. I think also Patriots got to win. They have to. Yeah. Bengals, they got to win. I mean, it's must win, and and that's going to be a. And if if Burrow completes the the Brady Belichick back to back, that's a good little run for him too. Yeah, man. Uh, Vikings-Giants, low-key good game. Probably the best of the early slate in terms of the record matchup. Uh, If the Vikings win this one, you know, this is for the Giants especially. Like, the Giants beat the Vikings here, get to 9-5-1. and I don't have the predictor here, but I'd say they're like 75% to make the playoffs. This is a game for their playoff. Doesn't eliminate them if they lose, but they are pretty much in if they win this one. Yeah, 100%. And it just seems like at this point, the Vikings need to be playing for their pride every week because, yeah, we're 11 and 3, but people are still talking all this noise. And I feel like if I'm the Vikings, we just got to win just so we can prove to ourselves that we can beat the teams we need to beat. Yeah. Do you have any, uh, do you want to offer up any, any condolences in advance for Taylor Heineke against the Niners? Oh, against man. Bosa, Armstead, Dre Greenlaw, and uh, <laughs> Warner. Yeah, it's not going to be fun for him, you know. But I think I, I will yeah, say Christmas. this: going to the Commanders, if there's nothing more evident, they need a quarterback because they mm-hmm. got a roster. Yeah, they do. Uh, and Heineke is like a solid spot starter, but probably not the top end player. But I, I agree with that. And they haven't even really had Chase Young back, so mm-hmm. great coaching job by Ron Rivera this year. I, I do want to point that out. Absolutely. Uh, Eagles, Cowboys. Where are, are you gonna like? Are you gonna get yourself in the right frame of mind for this game, knowing that it might not be Hurts, and you guys are pretty much, you know, set yourself up that this doesn't mean as much as you thought it might have. So where I'm at, and to be honest, I didn't understand the scenario until Monday morning, but I was just really looking forward to this game with the healthy Jalen Hurts just 
you know, because it's it's that matchup. Mm-hmm. But finding out what the scenario is at this point, I'm just concerned with winning one game out of the last three. <laughs> that that, yeah. that I, I think that needs to happen, and then we just need to get Jalen Hurts into the playoffs playing and healthy. That's kind of where I'm at. I would love to beat Dallas. I would love to beat Dallas with Gardner Minshew. I think that would be even more hilarious. But I this this one seed is important. I think there's a pretty good chance. I think it's pretty safe to say that you'll win one out of the last three. And yeah, I I think this is one that obviously it's the Cowboys proving that they can physically do it, even if it's not the best version of the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I don't think this is going to be the same level, and nor should it be. That's the other side of this too. Uh, only only the three games on Sunday. Unfortunately, Broncos Rams is one of them. I do think the Packers Dolphins will be a good kind of early slate game to watch. Uh, followed, of course, by the night game. Oh God, Bucks Cardinals. I mean, that is just not what anybody wants. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, is it is it Colt McCoy and? Oh, I don't even wow. know if McCoy will be playing. Trace McSorley, Tom Brady. Oh yeah. Who? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what the card the Cardinals are just in a horrible spot here. Yeah. Well, we can wrap this up with uh, your thoughts on I guess who do you think the playoff teams are going to be in the AFC? We talked the NFC cuz we'll be chatting during the playoffs at some point, but if we're putting Bills obviously, Bengals, Chiefs in, and then who wins the NFC South, you think? Or AFC South, excuse me. AFC South. Man, I think Jacksonville is going to get it. Wow. Man, I don't know. I think they're going to get it. I just, I don't, I don't I just, like the way the Titans. No, look. I don't either. But I feel like Brable can scratch and claw, <laughs> literally his way He's, to this I mean, division. Literally, title. I mean that, and that's all it's he can do at this point. Um, but if Trevor Lawrence keeps playing like this, yeah, I don't know if they can be denied uh-huh. to win that division. And then the wild card. Oh man, this is tough. I'll go. I'll say the Ravens hold on. I, I say, think the Ravens hold on. I'll say well. Raven. I'll say Ravens, Chargers, Dolphins. Ravens, Chargers, Dolphins. Yeah, but I think the order is going to be Chargers, then Dolphins, then. Well, no, I'm going to say I'm going to say Ravens in the sixth seed because I think the Dolphins are going to drop all the way down to seven, which would give us a first round matchup of maybe Dolphins and Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, I actually think. I'm with you. Yeah, okay. I think I'm with you because I do think the Jaguars are going to beat the Jets this weekend. I don't think the Patriots can beat the Bengals. If the Patriots win this weekend, I think they will make the playoffs. But Yeah, but I just don't think they will. <laughs> I don't I don't think they will. We could see Bengals. We could see we could see Bengals and Ravens round 3 in the first round. Maybe yeah. some Bengals Dolphins, some Chiefs Dolphins. I mean, yeah, it's it's looking good. It is looking um, good. Ryan Souls, this was fun. Hey, last thing we should mention, uh, the NFL lost an icon today as we're recording this, Franco Harris, 72 yeah, years old. Man. Just uh, you know, an important figure in the game, and I know I rip on the Steelers a lot, but he really was part of the most iconic play maybe in NFL history and uh, by all accounts a good guy. So I just want to say rest in peace to Franco Harris, and I know you know how much he meant to the NFL. Absolutely. Rest in peace to a legend, uh, an icon, and um, I think – the 23rd would be 50 years of the anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. So it's just funny how life works. But rest in peace and um, much love to his family during this time. I want to, yeah, absolutely echo those. I want to uh, 
also just say something in particularly that he was kind of one of the linchpins in their turnaround. We all know the Steelers are a generation as just consistent franchises, but mm-hmm. before that they had one postseason appearance, you know, in their history, six winning seasons in 40 years before the immaculate reception. Uh, yeah. Since that moment, really, they became the most consistent franchise in pro football. So, Absolutely. You can't tell the story of the NFL without Franco Harris. Absolutely can't. So RIP Franco. Ryan, this was fun. Uh, Thanks for coming on the uh, Money Mitch Effect. We'll be talking in the playoffs. So next time we talk, there'll be some elimination games going on. But thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate you. Happy holidays. That was Ryan Souls coming on the Money Mitch Effect. Thanks to everybody out there for listening. We're on all your podcast platforms, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Follow me on Twitter at MoneyMitchM21 and check out the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page for some exclusive content. We'll be talking to you later on as we get ready for the NFL playoffs, college football playoffs, and the winter sports seasons as well. For Ryan Souls, my name is Mitch Michaels as well as the Money Mitch Effect. Thank you for listening. Keep enjoying sports.